Did you know that the premise for the Metroid games is essentially an homage to a science fiction movie series? Whether or not you find this mind-blowing or pretty obvious, I'll wager a good sum of money that few people know that the series' main character, Samus Aran, is named after the famous soccer player Pele. I know I didn't. But that's the wonder that is Nintendo's Metroid. It's a mishmash of sci-fi films and portmanteaus. I can't think of a better series to dedicate my 10th episode to. So, get your various suit on, stock up on missiles, and let's roll into the world of Metroid. This is Video Game Lore. Welcome to Video Game Lore, a podcast where I reveal the bountiful knowledge and lore regarding your favorite video games and uncover the fascinating mythology behind the most beloved characters, magical items, and mystical worlds. I'm your host and self-proclaimed ludologist, Matt Varish. Thank you for joining me. Today's episode is Metroid's Masterful Move. From the jump, when Samus first donned the iconic Varius suit, it's been an amazing ride. The heroine bounty hunter has been zipping around the galaxy and kicking serious space pirate butt for 34 years. And for once, I'm discussing a series that didn't get its start in 1987. Subtract one from that, and you'll have one of the greatest gaming years in history. True, us 80s kids are scarred by witnessing Optimus Prime die in 1986's The Transformers The Movie, but we had the brand new Nintendo Entertainment System to help dry our tears. Metroid was bursting onto the scene a year prior to the release of Castlevania, Mega Man, and even Contra. I was playing the original Super Mario Bros., Duck Hunt, and The Legend of Zelda, but Metroid, unfortunately, didn't get my immediate attention. It wasn't until I got the original Game Boy and played the Metroid sequel that I realized what I was missing. Super Mario Bros. introduced me to side-scrolling action platformers, but Metroid cleverly built on that concept and hooked me into exploration. I conquered part two and I purchased a classic series release of the original NES gem. This game was ahead of its time. After finishing the original, I waited with bated breath for the Super Nintendo sequel, Super Metroid. And all of us retro gamers know what a masterpiece that game is. The Nintendo GameCube blew my mind years later with Metroid Prime. I'm still not sure how they managed to make a side-scrolling platformer into a first-person adventure, but I'm glad they did. By then I had started paying attention to the series lore. Moody music and atmosphere aside, the story behind Samus and the alien Metroid is fascinating. But before I dive into the mythology, let's explore the series' origin. A little history. 1986 was a big year for entertainment. 80s hair metal was nearing its peak of rock and excess. Saturday morning cartoons were still a thing. My favorite movie of all time came out, Big Trouble in Little China. And video games came roaring back in the United States. Why mention all of this? Well... 1986 was also the year a certain movie sequel got its release, James Cameron's Aliens. Perplexed as to what this has to do with Metroid? Let's just say that both the Alien and Metroid series are closely related. Very closely related. I promise to explain this in detail later. The Metroid series follows space-faring bounty hunter Samus Aran as she protects the galaxy from the space pirates and their attempts to harness the power of parasitic creatures known as Metroids. Bouncing from planet to planet in her signature yellow gunship, Samus single-handedly opposes the sinister machinations of Mother Brain and her two alien soldiers, Ridley and Craid. Per Wikipedia, quote, Metroid was designed to be a shooting game that combined the platform jumping of Super Mario Bros. with the non-linear exploration of The Legend of Zelda and a distinctly darker aesthetic. 
The name of the game is a portmanteau, I love that word, of the words metro, as in rapid transit, and android, and it was meant to allude to the mainly underground setting of the first game as well as its robot-like protagonist, unquote. Technically, there are 11 games in the Metroid story chronology, but the original 1986 title was eventually remade into Metroid Zero Mission for Game Boy Advance, retelling of Samus' story. The games have a stylized science fiction flair to them, allowing for very imaginative environments, characters, and plots. The series also paved the way for one of the first and most beloved women in all video games. Samus Aran is human, though she was raised by an ancient avian species known as the Chozo after her parents were murdered by the space pirates. The Chozo adopted Samus and brought her to the planet Zebus, where she was infused with their DNA and raised to be a warrior. Originally a member of the Federation police, she eventually left to become a bounty hunter. Standing at 6'3 and weighing nearly 200 pounds, Samus is quite the imposing athlete. Her appearance varied in the early games, though she is commonly depicted as Caucasian with blonde hair and blue-green eyes. Her Chozo-infused DNA gave her superhuman abilities, making her a fierce fighter. A little fun side fact, Hiroshi Kiyotake, the creator of Samus Aran, named her after soccer superstar Edison Arantes dos Nascimento, Pele. Why? Because Kiyotake mistakenly thought Pele's real name was Samus Arantes, and he wanted her to have a strange name. On her mission, Samus wears an orange power suit to fend off enemies and shield vacuum of space. She seeks to gain the various suit, armor that protects her from extreme weather conditions and enemy attacks. Her right arm can change into a cannon which fires energy blasts, missiles, and a slew of other weapons. The suit itself can transform and morph into a ball that can roll around and drop bombs. A Metroid is a life-energy-devouring alien creature. This titular character assumes many forms throughout the series, though the larva is most notable. The Metroid larva has a jellyfish-like appearance, though instead of tentacles dangling from below, four large leech-like fangs lie beneath its membranous body. The maw is used to latch onto prey and siphon out energy for consumption. At one point, one of these Metroids is born from an egg in Samus's presence, confusing it to the point of thinking her its mother. The two form an unusual bond for a couple of games. While variations of Metroids have been known to be serious rivals to Samus, the main antagonist of the series is Mother Brain. It is indeed a massive brain with a single gaping eye and cybernetic spikes jutting out at the top of its form. Created by the Chozo, this unique organic supercomputer turned against them to become the leader of the space pirates. I've only scratched the surface of what this series is about. If this small bit of bizarre game lore has your attention, then I implore you to keep listening. This next segment is going to be a little different. So, without further ado, let's explore the lore. Does Metroid seem familiar to you? It should. As engaging and imaginative as the series is, there is another series we have to thank for giving us 34 years of enjoyment. A movie series, in fact. Alien. Maybe you've heard of it? That's right. The movies made famous by Sir Ridley Scott and James Cameron were the main inspiration for Metroid. The year is 1979, Star Wars is the king of cinema for two years running, and science fiction, fantasy, and horror are now mainstays for the foreseeable future. It was during this time that the first Alien film hit theaters. The film introduced the world to Lieutenant Ellen Ripley, the xenomorph, and a place where no one can hear you scream. Alien was a smash hit, and it scared the poop out of moviegoers the same way Jaws did four years earlier. Seven years later, in 1986, the beloved sequel Aliens was released. 
which just happened to be the same year as the first Metroid game. Coincidence? Probably. Metroid may have taken most of its cues from Alien, but subsequent sequels also borrowed from the movie series. Here's a quote from Metroid's creator, Yoshio Sakamoto. Quote, I think the Alien film had a huge influence on the production of the first Metroid game. All the team were affected by H.R. Giger's design work, and I think they were aware that such designs were a good match for the Metroid we had already put in place. Unquote. Metroid's music composer also chimed in on the film's influence. Quote, I was inspired by the first spaceships drifting in the darkness of space. I wasn't inspired by Alien's music, but I was fascinated by the sense of urgency, tension, and uneasiness that dominate the whole movie. I was affected by the mood of not knowing when something would happen. Unquote. And if for whatever reason you still aren't sold on this idea, just look at all the similarities. Here's a short list. Both Metroid and Alien feature a strong female lead protagonist. The director of Alien is Ridley Scott. A recurring antagonist in Metroid is a beast known as Ridley. Both the larval form of the Metroid and the facehugger from the Alien series latch onto the face or head of victims to do their dirty work. The end of both the original film and game show our heroines barely escaping their location as the sole survivors. In Metroid 2, Samus travels to the source of the Metroid species on planet SR388. In Aliens, Ripley travels to the source of the Xenomorph species on LV426. A queen alien and a queen Metroid make appearances in both movie and video game sequels. Ripley saves and bonds with a surviving colonist girl named Newt. Samus saves and bonds with a newly hatched Metroid nicknamed Baby. The list goes on and on, and as the official Nintendo magazine put it in its homage to Alien, quote, It's no secret that Nintendo was influenced by Ridley Scott's space horror masterpiece Alien when making Metroid, unquote. And so, another journey concludes. The sinister mother brain and her life-draining Metroids have been destroyed, and Samus can tuck away her power suit until the next emergency calls her back to battle. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new. Perhaps the connection between the Metroid and Alien series opened your eyes as it did mine. As familiar as Metroid might be to Alien, I find that the similarities only enhance my love for both. I'll leave you with this little quote. Take from it what you will. Good artists borrow. Great artists steal. Thank you for listening to this episode of Video Game Lore. If you liked what you heard, I implore you to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download and listen to your favorite shows. I would truly appreciate the gesture. Video Game Lore is brought to you by Night Apple Creations, a multimedia production company from the minds of yours truly and Stephanie Varish. It specializes in books, art, videos, and audio. Stop on by and have a look around at nightapplecreations.com, where you can find the link to my podcast website. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at VGLorePodcast. That's the letters V as in video, G as in game, Lore Podcast. You can find this information in the episode notes of your podcast app. Thanks again, and until next time, when I provide for you some more lore on your favorite video games, namely a cranky demigod, keep on playing. I'm Matt Farish. This is Video Game Lore. (laughs) 